I'm not anti-filler or anti-Botox for me personally or for others, but I am getting a bit like the only real reason I get it is for my nose. So should I get a nose job? A listener production. This podcast is being recorded on Gadigal land. We pay our respects to the traditional custodians of this country and elders past, present. We extend our respect to any First Nations, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people joining us today. Hello, everyone. Fuck me. Um, All right, we're back. We're back. We're joyous. And I have things to respond to um, because that aren't directed at me. I'm just sticking my nose in. Um, uh, Speaking of my nose. Okay. Whoa. Different topic. So ADHD. So excited to talk to humans. Me. (laughs) After being in the Northern Rivers for six weeks. So excited about it. Going, hey, guys, let's have a chat. So I have a dilemma, a feminist dilemma. Genuinely. I'm not even being funny. So as we know, I, I don't know if people know this, but I get filler in my nose because I have, I have like almost no cartilage or bone like in between my eyes. So there's like quite a big dip in between my eyes, right? So I get filler. I get filler in that gap to make my nose straighter. Okay. I understand that plastic surgery cannot be inherently feminist. And I also understand that if I existed in a vacuum where I just lived without any mirrors, without any awareness of how I looked, I wouldn't want to get this done. I'm aware of that, right? This is all the feminist discourse that I've seen. But unfortunately, I don't live in a fucking vacuum. I live in a fucking Big Brother house where every cunt is filming me from every fucking angle. I'm like fucking like, hey, Eliza. Sorry, Eliza, just walked by. Um, <laughs> um, I... Literally, okay, so I get this filler in my nose and I've been thinking a lot about it. I've been doing it for like three years. I've been thinking a lot about like filler migration because I don't get my like, like cheeks filled. I don't get like, well, I've actually had my jaw done before because I'd lost so much weight that my face was like looking, I was having like a facial dysmorphia where I didn't look like myself. It was very strange last year. But I don't get like regular filler, right, just on my nose. And I'm fearful of the filler migration. And I'm also fearful of what the hell is in that? What the hell is in that? I was thinking this morning in the shower about women in the Victorian (laughs) (laughs) Victorian eras, Mm. right? Or middle age, whatever. I know when it was. Historians don't come for me. I don't really give a fuck. Old timey women using mercury on their faces. And everyone was like, that's so, that's so silly. Everyone's like, that's so silly. What did they do? put mercury on their, like in, in their makeup, it was like mercury or they'd put like, or they like would chew sugar. I think it was Queen Elizabeth. I don't know. They would like chew sugar to make their teeth rotten because sugar was an expensive thing that only royals could have. People would like rot their teeth on purpose or make them look darker and they put these mercury on their faces to like. That's so interesting. Also, if I'm wrong about this, don't care. All I'm saying is <laughs> there were like strange, there were like strange beauty things that we look back on now and we go, why the hell would they do that? Like we go, what the fuck? In a hundred years, cunts are going to be like, why the fuck were people injecting a paralyzing agent into their face to stop wrinkles, to look like, in the words of Angie Kay from Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, a trampoline with eyes. <laughs> Have you seen that? No, but that is so okay. good. Okay. 
just someone who's had too much work. But like, I don't mind people having whatever. Do whatever you want with your face. But like, why do I want to have no expression and be tight and use a paralyzing agent in my face with Botox and then put random goo into my face with filler? This is my like whole thing, right? I'm like, I don't really want to do this anymore. If you do it, iconic, but I'm just getting a bit fearful. And someone mentioned in passing one time to me that apparently they were like, they were like, and this could be completely wrong. They were like, Botox has been um, aligned with dementia because it's paralyzing agent and paralyze your like synapses in your brain. Now that's probably untrue, but it gave me enough fear of like, <laughs> how do we know it's untrue? Right? Full blown, like, I sound like an anti-vaxxer. Too much but- time in the Northern beaches. Too much time on the rivers. I mean, I'm I'm wearing I'm wearing I'm wearing a bamboo set. I'm wearing no shoes. I'm talking about we don't know what they're putting into our bodies. But I'm not anti filler or anti botox for me personally or for others. But I am getting a bit like the only real reason I get it is for my nose. So should I get a nose job? Oh, is that like a more permanent kind of? fix to not fix sorry that sounds like something is wrong but is that a more permanent change method change <laughs> yes yes but see yeah so it is and also I wouldn't have to get filler in my face it would just be like a full like reconstruction moment I also have I know everyone says this but I have a deviated septum guys I oh they um, always this is my friend who I went to school with so the exact same thing <laughs> And yeah. she, no, she had a, a nose that had a bump on the top and she wanted to get rid of it. And I was like, and I saw the before and after photos and it freaked me out. But 10 years what do apart. You mean? Well, because like, it's such a, cha- when you change a tiny thing in your nose, you're like, whoa, you look like a different person. Look at Chloe Kardashian. Well, this is, well, this is what I'm fearful about. Okay. I'm firstly, okay. But my, my biggest issue with it is the whole, like, it's not feminist and it's not very intersectional to get a nose job to quote unquote fix something about your face, right? Like on a moral level, I'm like, I understand if I'm being like a feminist purist, like if it's I'm not like feminist to tell women what to do, I think. Totally. Like, Thank you. So I should book it in. <laughs> <laughs> That's all She's I needed. waiting for Lem yeah. to I needed. Going one sec. I'll dial him in. Calling this one going, book it. Book it. So I, I am like, I, and also like I'm talking about it now, I would speak about it openly. I would talk about it, but like, I understand that quote unquote fixing anything on your body with plastic surgery is adhering to patriarchal beauty standards. Therefore you aren't like living, living like freely in yourself and you're like self-abandoning and you should like, I know what I should do. And that is not get a nose job. I know that like, this this kind of like feminist theory about plastic surgery and this like performative, not performative, this like very like superficial way of existing and like seeing your value attached to your worth is like a function of, of the patriarchy and it is like a, it's a symptom of patriarchy and it also keeps us focused on our looks rather than focusing on world domination and it's like we've got other things to do and the money could be better spent elsewhere. I understand all these things in theory, but my issue is I don't live in a vacuum and I don't exist in some sort of like political ether where I'm just floating through space making decisions that A, will change anything about like the greater scheme of the patriarchy. So do I just not like how I look from certain angles the rest of my life to make a political point that no one knows that I'm making? <laughs> I think you should do whatever the fuck you want. Um, but the other thing is like, I would look at it as like a safety thing. 
is it actually more risky to have fillers because they can actually like cause apparently death of tissue? I mean, very, very rarely. Like, but very they also rare. can cause. In your nose, it can cause blindness. They, they can call, cause blindness, yeah. And yeah every time, I have an amazing doctor. I love that chook. So I wouldn't be scared about that with the like the blinding or anything. Like he's the biggest sleigh. But yeah, going on surgeries, don't love. Only I've had one surgery and that was when I got my wisdom teeth out, as we know. Only got under twice for the abortion and for the wisdom teeth, you know? Yeah. Um, the whole and is eternity. there risk there? <laughs> abortion, there- wisdom teeth and nose job. <laughs> <laughs> seal it seal it with the third one no but is it actually um like risky to go, to do or anytime you go under i guess it's risky right like i think any surgery is risky i just feel like people say to me oh but you know like you're so oh but you're so beautiful you don't need much okay do you see yourself from every fucking angle and every different kind definition of camera li- literally every day like my entire my entire like being is filmed. It really fucks my head, and I understand people will say go to therapy. Then, babe, I've wanted to get my nose done since I was like twenty, mm. and I'm just thinking because it's on an angle. So like this side is slay. When I do one side, slay. Other side. Oh, oh I see it now. Yeah, definitely no, get it. No, I'm you. joking. It's bad. No, but, but then also even but then then it's like also even the idea of it being a bad, a quote unquote bad nose, or even the idea of it not not being a uh, desirable nose is like rooted in in white supremacy and it's rooted in patriarchy because it's not like a button small nose. You know what I mean? Like there are all these like thoughts that I go totally. Yeah. Still want to book it in. Can I ask <laughs> with the filler part? Because I'm guessing like with the filler, it obviously like gives it a bit of volume. But with mm. a like a nose job, what do they do in order to still create that volume? Uh, isn't it more like... I couldn't tell you. I'll just go under, wake up, new nose. <laughs> Doesn't concern me. Well, because, uh, you know, obviously when your nose change, it's a big, big change visually. Like it makes a big difference. And that's what, when my friend got it done, I noticed there was a big difference, but 10 years passes. And no, not at all. And she's really happy with it. I can't tell the difference. Who cares? She's happy with it. It's all about, you know, if it makes you feel better. I, I think it's fine too. I mean, yeah. what, to what extent? Like we're always changing a little bit of our looks every day, right? Like we we kind of, I don't know, there's like there's, I don't like the, un, like the things under my arms here sometimes. Like I obsess about like how big my arm looks in a photo, which is so random, right? Like mm. we always have these things. And so like for me to do that, I have to like either wear certain things. So I'm changing mm. how I'm choosing things based on what my insecurities are. Are the insecurities going to go away? Who the fuck knows? But I think the more, the bigger question is if you do the nose job, will you be wanting to do other things and where will your moral, like not moral, but where will your line go? Cause my aunt fucking 50 surgeries maybe and on her face and it's just a little bit addictive because you'll be like oh I'll fix that thing and then that thing Mm. and so it becomes to like when it becomes like a health risk when and that's where it stops being like a moral conversation about feminism and it becomes like how are you dealing with your health and like yeah do you have anything else on the list of things that you would get (laughs) no nothing at all never be anything else I'd want to get surgery for I feel like I would definitely, I definitely would stop there because also like I have to, like my, like people recognize my face. Like I'm not going to change my face, but I am fearful of the nose changing my entire face by accident. And I am really like, 
I know I don't want to be a what are they called like a soldier of the patriarchy or a soldier of unachievable beauty standards but mm. then it's like I don't believe I actually don't people say that you should like get rid of your insecurities I don't think that it's possible for me in this industry to have zero insecurities. I don't think that's possible. I think that's complete. I think that's an unrealistic expectation to to be like, to be like, Oh, you should just love yourself. It's like, okay, totally. Except like I exist in a world where I'm constantly being critiqued and photographed and constantly around other people who are the same way. And I don't think that this industry really affects me really badly but it's like I'm never gonna be insecurity free about how I look and like I'm I could if someone said nose jobs closed down forever can't get one I'd be like whatever (laughs) I'm not like sitting every day crying out my nose but I'm like kind of want a tweak Mm, that's the level then I'm like is a tweak worth abandoning some of my feminist morals value clash Um, basically you have a little bit of a value clash Yes. Yeah. So yeah. I'm like, I don't, then, then it's back to the thing of like, well, like it's, you know, like it's my, it's my body. It's my, it's not my body. My choice. It's like my, my nose and I can choose what to do with it. And if that's the reality of, of my life, then I can do it. But then it's back to like, but I am a public figure. And then me having plastic surgery done kind of um, undermines any uh, like feminist thing. And there is a, a hypocrisy there. Like yeah. it is because it's like, oh, I'm oh, like, fuck the patriarchy, but like, I will pay thousands of dollars to align with patriarchal beauty standards because I don't like how I look and why don't I like how I look in terms of my nose? Oh, because like other people may not, I know it's like, like, it comes down to like, oh, like, my nose could be better. And I know people can say it's for me, but like, really, like, well, can you be a pragmatist instead of being an idealist? Like, can you yeah. just be, instead of saying like, I want to preach by the standards of what, like, I want to live by the standards that I preach or whatever it is, actually be like, that's my MO, but I'm also a hypocrite in that sense. Not necessarily that, but just openly saying like, yeah, I do have that insecurity and that's, you know, just, just like what you're doing now. Like, yeah. it's actually being... Yeah, vocal about that conflict, you know, of values that you have. And that kind of helps and builds nuance, which we fucking lack right now. Yeah, I feel like it's, um, I don't know, I, I feel like if, I mean, and also, by the way, anyone listening, if I get a nose job and people fucking comment negative things, blocked, like, like, sorry, like, you actually have no control over what I do, but I would like to hear people's thoughts, even if it's a thought that like you're disagreeing with me. I actually would like to hear your thoughts about like the feminist theory behind it. And like, if you're like a feminist and you've gotten surgery done, like how you justify that in your brain or what you think about it, or if you have decided against getting something done and you're like, well, I think that like the biggest thing for me, like the safety thing, like like they're all obviously all factors, but the biggest thing is the, the moral issue between myself and Feminism, because I, I'm so aware. But then it's like, do I stop wearing makeup? Do I stop doing my hair? I don't know, like, what the... But you want to change your nose because... Uh, sorry, you want to tweak that with your nose just because you want that. It's not because, like, an ex-boyfriend told you something and that, like, played with your mind for years. Mm. There, there's that difference, first of all. The second bit is, like, representation, which is, like, how do you want to represent yourself publicly with 
that in mind because like you don't want other women to think different things then that's where you can add nuance into that context once you make your decision but ultimately just you do you to be honest like fuck everyone who's telling you what to do and like you just standing by living for other people like when you're fucking 75 or 80 and you're about to die and you're looking at the world and you're like oh I'm I should have like listened. And she's posing with your face. She's posing my nose mm. tight and going, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm 80. We're just like, <laughs> you, don't, you don't look 80. You look well, a day over 30. Thank you. Got a lot of, got a lot of Botox in my time and it worked. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> me slaying at 80. Anyway, but you then, do you, Abby, honestly. But you but look then, amazing. I still think so. But you do you at the same time. What? Thank you. But no, no one's ever no one's ever commented my nose. In fact, when I mention this to people, they get like weirdly angry at me and they go, What the fuck? And I go, No, you haven't seen me from this side ever. From I sit like this at all the time of me doing this. Have I got to dinner with someone? <laughs> Can I sit the other side? I can't even tell the difference. Oh, get fucked. No, I'm no, not. I'm just, I'm just wondering. Yeah, it's it's funny because no. yeah, but it is, as you said, it's your it's your insecurity. We can't, can't tell well, now. At all. In this light, it does look kind of good, um, but I'm not going <laughs> to okay, lie. Close. It looks normal. We're, we're Crediting okay. yeah. the Gold Coast Studios, yeah. Yeah, it looks it looks like the exact same as the other side, but the Gold Coast Studios, I guess I'm the hottest at the Gold Coast, but maybe because I have <laughs> perception. Um, but um, I, I'm, I'm, and also with like Botox and, and fillers, I have had Botox before like three times. I don't want to lie back and people go, you I think three times. I think I've had filler in my nose four times and then like on the bottom part of my jaws when I had um, facial dysmorphia because I lost so much weight, didn't look like myself. I had that like once, like a tiny bit. And I get Botox in my migraine spots, which is really working. But I also just, did I tell you about, did I tell you about the reason why I stopped getting Botox in my forehead? Okay, so I've decided to stop Botox in my forehead and this is, this is why. So I was at um, someone's house and I was crying, right? A very fun pastime of mine. <laughs> I, was cr- I was really upset and crying and I was obviously moving my eyebrows a lot for this. And when I left, so I was with someone that I know and their friend. And when I left, their friend asked them and was like, um, has Abby had Botox? And my friend was like, uh, yeah. Like, I think so, yeah, why I'm telling her to fucking stop because it's stupid. And they were like, oh, yeah, I can tell because when she cries, this is so fucked, because when she cries, her scalp moves, but her fucking forehead doesn't. What? <laughs> fucked. <laughs> fucked. Like, and obviously you're not going to fucking Botox your whole, because I'm so expressive, I think, in like normally, like <laughs> I think what was happening is my my ears were moving back, like my scalp was like moving, but my head wasn't. Isn't that <laughs> Fucked. Isn't that? And I went, that is fucked. That is so fucked. Look, nothing to do with my injector. He's amazing. He's iconic. Looks amazing. But I think it's honestly that my scalp moves too much. Because I've always been a little bit able to move my ears. And I feel like other parts of my body are moving. So that was not good. Then the second thing that I noticed is well, I watched this show, this Australian show, right? It was amazing. And there was someone on there who's like in their 40s or maybe 50s and obviously never had work done and it was so nice to see someone on screen that had obviously had no work done and like while patriarchal beauty standards would tell you that like this person isn't as like conventionally attractive quote unquote as someone else 
who in the industry who's had a lot of work done, like on screen, they just looked so much better and so much more expressive and their personality came through so much more via their wrinkles and via them having like uneven skin tone and like, you know what I mean? Like being mm. able to communicate better. So I, those are the two reasons that I've decided to probably minimize Botox. I don't want to say stop because minimize. I don't know. I feel like a fucking, I feel like a preachy fuck, but I'm like, I just have had this like realization about my Botox usage and about my uh, filler. Not that I ever got heaps, but I'm just like, why don't I just like age gracefully? But then why do I get one a fucking nose job? Do you know what I mean? It's like full circle. It's like, I'm trying to be like self-love and I'm like, yeah, I can self-love with these things that I've already tried. But then I'm like, oh, like I want to do, I want to do this thing that's arguably much bigger. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I know. But you are tripping yourself out. I think, I think it all boils down to, can you do what you want to do? And is your choice minimally impacted by those around you? And it's just your choice. And then fuck everyone else. That's what I think. Like make your choices just your own. Actually, no, I've been looking at articles as you were talking. (laughs) She's reading out from Cosmo 2009. (laughs) No, I was actually reading about like different feminists and how they approached plastic surgery. And just like the whole thing goes back to the thing that us women have lost time and time again and still do lose is, uh, is agency. And so that's why that's what's the most important thing is just your agency. That's what we've gained back. That's what we're still trying to gain back in certain contexts. And that is your compass, I think. It's just that's full true. agency. And it just, it, it clarifies everything, I think. It stops becoming moral and blurry and everything. It's just, what do you want to do? And then ask yourself and reflect, like, is it impacted by anything? And then make the decision that you want and that's true because I feel like I feel like then in a weird ironic way my agency is taken away by the fear of not being feminist enough like I've been scared to even mention this mm. but I, like for the past year I've been like should I but this year I'm just gonna say everything which people may think you already do that <laughs> were you holding back before <laughs> this one thing yeah this one thing this is this is my secret this is my little secret and you've been wanting um, to get it for a long time yeah like almost 10 years yeah totally. yeah like since before I was on TV even, but it obviously like got quote unquote, not what, like my, mm. in, my, it's not even like, it's not even like an insecurity where I'm like, I'm just like, would love for that to change. It's yeah. just like a, wow. If I, if I could, I would. So why don't I, I'm not like sitting here. That's why I'm like, people like, when they say work on your insecurities, I'm not sitting at home crying. I'm not, I'm not like freaking Who out about it. Who the fuck is telling you it. to work on your insecurities? Like that. I think the people. only time you can say that is when plastic surgery becomes a health risk is when you start saying, Work on your insecurities. That's my view, at least. Yeah. Speaking of surgeries, I'm not trying not to be funny, but Gypsy Rose Blanchard. Yeah. Have you watched the act? That was a sorry, not speaking of so I haven't watched the act. Now I've I've kind of was obsessed with Gypsy Rose when I was before it became young. a trend before oh, the act yeah. I love Gypsy before the act yeah. okay I think I saw it on like Dr. Phil or something similar do you know what I mean like there was someone talking about it so Gypsy Rose basically Gypsy Rose Blanchard give it a google you'll see five million trillion articles <laughs> and interviews with her now but she was a victim of Munchausen by proxy which means that okay Munchausen's is like when you are faking illnesses yourself Although it's a mental health condition, so it's like maybe you aren't aware that you're faking, but you are faking or like you you need some sort of like 
like to get attention or to go to hospital to have like, you know, social, whatever. By proxy means obviously doing it to someone else. So Munchausen's by proxy is Gypsy Rose's mother was essentially faking that her daughter had all these medical conditions from when she was a kid and then Gypsy ended up finding a chat forum, like Christian Mingle or something. She met this guy, Nick, online. Long story short, she ended up having Nick murder her mother um, because her mother was abusing her via Munchausen by proxy. She found out that she she was told things like she was allergic to sugar. She was told things like, I think she was told a different age than what she was. She had her head shaved all the time, um, but there was actually nothing wrong with her at all medically or um mental health obviously mental health wise because of the but she wasn't developmentally delayed like she was she was being fed through her stomach or something right yes and they had like a house built by this charity and it was like a full-blown fraudulent scam but obviously her mum Dee, Dee Blanchard had mental health issues and it's all it's all very complex right and very and very nuanced and very like there's so many layers to it now, Gypsy was in, in prison for, like, orchestrating her mother's murder. The person who actually committed the murder, Nick, is in prison still, I think, um, but he has severe developmental delays. Mm. So this is important for she's now out. She's gotten out. Everyone is like, girly pop slay Gypsy Rose. And Gypsy is a slur. I'm just going to say that now, but I'm not sure what else to call her. Okay, so because I don't want to say the word, I don't want to say the slur over and over and over again, I'm going to call her G-Rose because I feel like if anyone's listening that is affected by that slur, you cannot listen to this because it's so, yeah. yeah. So Gypsy's a slur against Romani people, like travellers and stuff like that. So it's not a great thing to call others. We're going to say G-Rose, which is... Why click anyway? Um, so <laughs> G flip. G Rose, she got out right, and everyone was like th- so excited about it, and everyone was kind of like obsessed with her, like standing her. Everyone was calling her mother, which is the irony there. So keep in mind, she orchestrated the murder; she didn't actually commit it. But so the first like week or two that she was out, everyone's obsessed with her. Everyone's like, love, 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 my god, G Rose Blanchard. I mean, she's got like eight million followers on Instagram or something. I am one of them, um, <laughs> as are all my friends, because it's like, wow, she's out of she's out of prison, and we can see what she's going to do with her life. And she's got a new husband that she married, I think, when she was in prison, and like she seems to be doing pretty well. Now, she came out of prison instantly, famous with purely positive fame, and I thought, are we forgetting that she orchestrated to murder her mother? Right. She did that because she was abused and it makes complete sense with like the psychology of like, like what we know with like beaten wife syndrome or like with feeling like, you know, that makes, I, I'm not saying that like she should, I don't think she ever should have been imprisoned for that with the amount of abuse that she endured. She did, ten, like, she did eight years of a 10 year sentence, by the way. Eight years of a 10 year sentence. So she came out and there were all these videos saying it's amazing that she's out, love her, queen of the queen. And I was like, yeah, like, I'm glad that she's out. She shouldn't be in prison. She should should have gotten, like, psychological help. Now that she's been, like, milkshake ducked. Do you know what milkshake duck is? Okay, let me just get a second Abby knows so many more things. Is this your alone time in the Northern Rivers, like, no, knowledge no internet that you... I don't internet, babe. Uh, <laughs> that's there was true. a brand new dictionary we didn't get a hold of. 
Okay, so milk, being milkshake ducked is like this like phenomenon where like everyone will love something for like it go viral for positivity, mm. and then within like a short amount of time, someone will go, actually, they suck and they should die. So it's like the tweet is the whole internet loves milkshake duck, a lovely duck that drinks milkshake. Five seconds later, we regret to inform you the duck is racist. So it's like it, people find out things about people always if they get really a lot of positive press, right? And this happens all the time. Like, it's so predictable. Anyone that's, like, loved and held on a pedestal for something random, like, like a blip in time, you know what I mean? Not, like, from a big career, like, from a viral moment, usually they'll get milkshake ducked. So I was like, something's going to happen here because, like, she's doing so much press. She's been in prison for eight years. She's not media trained. She also is an abuse victim who's been mentally and physically abused her entire life to the point where she orchestrated her mother's murder. Like she's not like some like wholesome girly pop from like Minnesota. You know what I mean? It's like, she's like, she, like she, like she's been through fucking trauma and people that have been through trauma have personality differences, right? So everyone's loving her. She's doing so much press. I'm like, she's going to, people are going to fucking jump on her. Fucking a week later, whatever it is, I see all of these viral videos going, um, hey guys, I actually think G Rose is really manipulative. No shit. She fucking, what? No shit. She's been mentally, she's been mentally and physically and medically abused her whole childhood. Then went into prison where there's not much help in American prisons and now she's come out and she's extremely famous. If she is being manipulative, are we, are we shocked? Like she's been through so much and everyone's like, wow, she actually isn't this like perfect, wholesome person. It's what like, are they accusing her of? Like when they say manipulative? Well, this is the other thing. They're saying that she's manipulative because in every interview, when the guy that actually murdered her mum is mentioned, she says, yeah, I can't speak about Nick. It isn't good for my healing. And people are like, that's really manipulative because she's diverting the conversation. And it's like, well, maybe it actually isn't good for her healing. Again, as someone who has been abused their entire childhood and now is being continually exploited outside of prison for someone else to make money, whether it's fucking TV stations, whether it's I'm sure she'll have a book deal. I'm sure she'll like people are saying, wow, she's really she's really manipulative. People also said, are we forgetting that she orchestrated the murder? I'm not. Did all of you like what, like, what do you, what the fuck are you all talking about? There's no, like, no one in the world is purely an evil or a purely good person. And I think what happens is people are trying to put it into a category of a victim or a perpetrator. I Unfortunately, agree, yeah. perpetrators are created because they are victims. If we looked at her mother's childhood and her mother's history, which I have no idea about, but I'm almost certain it wouldn't be idyllic. So how much blame and how much expectation do we put on victims of abuse growing up to then not be something as flippant as to say someone's, oh, they're manipulative. Like, I, I don't know how what we expected from this. I don't think she is currently like a danger to society. I don't think she's like an evil person. I think she has trauma responses such as when something hard comes up for her, like the murder of her mother, which she is currently repeating over and over again, she will say, I don't want to speak about that. She also has a right as a person in media to not, to not speak about every single thing that people ask her. Like, I'm allowed to say no questions about my dating life in interviews. Surely she has the right to say no questions about the person who murdered my mum. Yeah. Like, then someone else said, I saw all these TikToks with, with competing thoughts 
someone else is like, oh, another red flag for me is that she says that she really loved her mother. How could she really love her mother and kill her? It's like, this is why abuse, particularly domestic abuse, is so complex. Like, she is a victim. I don't understand. She hasn't done anything like, since leaving prison, anything outrageously bad, hasn't said anything crazy, hasn't done anything real, hasn't anything violent, anything. It, she's just been, people are like, she's a bit manipulative, isn't she? And also like, she orchestrated her mum's her mom's murder. And it's like, it's really crazy. Like, she isn't some perfect little, like, I- idyllic woman that we can put into a little box. And they almost want to like infantilize her and see her as a child that is like, oh, poor, like just purely a victim, like a child that's a victim, which she was. But now she's an adult and she's like setting kind of boundaries in interviews. And perhaps it's out of manipulation. Perhaps it's out of trauma. Perhaps we don't know what it's out of, but there actually isn't anything material that we need to like dissect about her because it's none of our fucking business if she's slightly manipulative. And everyone's like, guys, watch out for Chip, watch out for JR. And I go, what are you intending to do? Not gonna hang out with her. Like, either follow her or don't. Interact with her or don't. There are plenty of people who are manipulative, plenty of abuse victims who become abused themselves. I mean, it's a very complex psychological issue. And I feel like there is a need, again, this is why fucking TikTok algorithms drive me fucking insane, where everyone's in a fucking echo chamber wanting to categorize someone where it's like, she's an abuse victim, but she also had her mother murdered. Like, I don't think there's a clear box to put her yeah, in. Yeah, and she's also done her time and she probably should, you know, at least make money you know, in in any way she can. And this is a pretty logical step for her to be able to do it. I mean, obviously somebody would have approached her. She's just doing this. So that how, what else is she going to do? I can't imagine she's got many other opportunities in her life. Well, exactly. And also like mentally to be able to, I mean, I'm sure she could, but to after the trauma that she's been through and being mm. in prison for that long, people that have been in prison, you know, for a couple of years even come out and have no idea what, what the fuck to do. There's no support systems, particularly in the US, when you come out of prison. And also people are saying she's manipulative because she declined help in prison and that like she actually didn't want help. And again, I, we don't know her motivations for that. It could be that she. What kind of help was it like financial or psychological? Like when Psychological they said, help. Oh, oh, okay. So I'm like, cool. It could be that she thinks what she did was right. And she is a lost cause as half the internet is explaining. The other half are going, no one seemed, actually I've seen no one say, maybe it's because um, in a privatised prison in the US, maybe the therapy mightn't have been that helpful to an abuse victim of that that severity at the age of, how old was she when she went in? She was 25. So she was 25, went in to prison and was severely traumatised and everyone's going, why wouldn't she want help? People, okay, my ex-boyfriend who has slight anxiety refuses to get help for his fucking slight anxiety to make my life easier. Do you know how hard it is to like go for help when you have someone trusted, when you have your freedom, when you have already like a pretty normal childhood? How is she going to engage in help with a stranger? How would she trust anyone to actually take care of her emotionally or physically when her whole life has been an abusive mother? Everyone's like, oh, on the internet, it's people just want to categorize people into good and bad. And there's limited acknowledgement that this is like one of the most complex situations you can like imagine. The the levels of complexity here, the fame, the imprisonment, the abuse as a child, the medical. Con- also, you think she's going to trust the medical community? 
what? I have no idea if she is a manipulative person, quote unquote, or if she is simply trauma responding. We don't know her motivations. We have no idea what she's like as a person. And your 94 second TikTok video dissecting an interview of her on a red carpet isn't really indicative of who she is as a person, good or bad. I guess is what I'm saying. Like she's a victim. She could, she could be manipulative from that experience that she's had as a trauma response or as a, as a trauma victim. But it's like, this is the cycle of abuse. This is the cycle of people having intergenerational trauma, people having um, childhood trauma. Why are we trying to put her into a box? I don't, it's actually not relevant to anyone. The reason why she didn't or did go to therapy in prison. It actually isn't relevant. What do you, oh, we won't, we won't, what are you going to do? Unfollow her? Unfollow her then or follow her. Like, it's just, I don't know. I just feel like it's very like people wanting to have ownership over every part of like her story is very Do you think that also pisses you off that if it was a dude, you wouldn't have the word manipulative being thrown around? Yeah, I didn't want to say that because I was like, I don't know if this is a bit silly, but yes. I was like, (laughs) thank you for bringing that up because I don't know if you'd be like, get a grip. It's, but well, it's rare that men are called manipulative. Uh, no, they're no. I no, take that. True. No, no, I think no. so. I think unless they're they, they, they might be if they're gay. Oh, true. That's true. Yeah, may, maybe it is partially because she's a woman, but I also think that's where the infantilization comes from. Her being a woman. Yeah. So I think like both ends of the spectrum. I think it could be like it's kind of like a like women can only be one thing. And she either is a victim or she's a perpetrator. And it's like, like we all knew that she was in there for killing, for having her mother killed. And even like I saw this, I saw this interview where she said someone, someone said, mentioned the word murder. And she goes, well, I actually didn't murder my mum. It was technically Nick. It wasn't me. And everyone's like commenting, being like, oh my God, she's so delusional. And there are two outcomes of this. Yeah, but either she is delusional because newsflash, she was abused her whole childhood, so she has to dissociate in that way and say she didn't murder her mum. But you also could look at her in being completely earnestly, being like, well, I didn't technically murder my mother. I conspired to do it and I asked someone else to do it, but, like, I didn't technically do it. Again, I don't know which one it is. I I just don't know why people are thinking that they know her motivations and – uh, a chime in on something so this isn't like someone who like stole someone's boyfriend this is like someone do you know what I mean it's like oh like like the Ariana Grande discourse about like Ariana Grande which is a whole other fucking feminist conversation the whole idea of quote-unquote stealing someone's boyfriend but it isn't some like you know Olivia Rodrigo and Sabrina Carpenter drama from driver's license it's like this this isn't like oh like who was a little bit shady it's like so her mother was murdered she was abused in one of the worst ways you can think of for her whole childhood and then imprisoned in a US prison. So I'm not sure we know. And also has no media training. Has no idea what's going on. Like on a red carpet, I said the weirdest shit. I have media training and so I do it for a job. And I'm not talking about my mother's death. Everyone's like, well, this wording was interesting. Or people body, la- body language experts. I'm going... Maybe she's looking to the left because she's fucking nervous because someone from Entertainment Tonight is in her face and she was in prison four weeks ago. What the fuck? Like, I don't know. I just think everyone just wants to, I don't know. I don't think everyone's like feel like they have like more information or they want to like one up each take. other with their thoughts. Yeah. yeah have, a, have a hot take about it. But I'm like, 
maybe it's just really complex and we should wait for the doco. That's all I'm fucking saying. Anyway, oh, if you I could just, ask G Rose anything, what would you ask her? Oh, oh I don't know, babe. Anything. Come on. You've, you you know the know. story. You've seen the TikToks. You've watched I've the seen story. The TikToks. I've seen the TikToks. I want to know what she thinks about this. I want to know what she yeah. thinks about like being said that she's manipulative and what she actually thinks. And like go through the points with her of things people have said and see like what's the explanation. And also, if she is manipulative, what now, guys? Oh, you've got her. You've caught her. She's manipulative. Oh, like every other person in media. Oh, my God, that's crazy. Gypsy Rose is manipulative. Okay. And? Like, what? Like, what's the outcome there? It isn't like it's like a musician where you're like, okay, well, like, they're manipulative so I won't listen to the music anymore or they're manipulative I won't watch a movie there anymore. It's like, what are you going to do now? Stop internally standing G Rose? Okay, then do that. That's fine. Leave the poor woman alone. Like, and maybe she, maybe she does need to get help outside if she is manipulative and that this isn't helping what you're all doing. Like you're, and people, I don't know if she can see these fucking comments. She's probably scrolling through, hasn't had a phone, learning TikTok for the first time. Something that Australia is so much better than the US about is just not mentioning names of minors at all in mm. like press. So you cannot, like, it's just so hard to find someone here like that's gone through something like that just to understand like what it's like also fun fact yeah. not called munchausen by proxy in australia oh what's it called in australia it's it's fabricated or induced illness by carers fic is the acronym okay calm down <laughs> Do you know what I mean, Australia? It's like just, we all know. You don't need to be different. Seen, <laughs> yeah, we've all seen Real Housewives Beverly Hills when Lisa Rinna accused um, <laughs> accused um, Yolanda of having Munchausen's. We've all seen it. Okay? That's how we, that's how we know. What's, oh, you've got to watch it. Where she? Oh, my God, you've got to watch it. Anyway, that's my, that's my G Rose thoughts, if anyone was wondering, because um, I just thought you guys need to know that. If you've seen Salt Lake City Real Housewives, I wish I could talk about it, but I, 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 I fear that no one will know what the fuck I'm talking about. So if you haven't watched it, I'd love for you guys to watch. Lemon Oscar, you're included in that from season <laughs> one. You have to understand the context. Okay. Um, How many seasons? Well, you can ask people if they want an episode about it, if you want. I they could do like- a whole episode about it. I could talk about Kath and I went on live. I don't know if you saw, but Kath and I called each other after we watched it and were screaming and went on live together like we were like – I don't know. Like we were like Twitch streamers. I heard it was like the vibes. best finale of any finales that could ever have happened, but I don't know anything else. Not only that, it was the best episode, the most dramatic episode of television I've ever seen, including like True Detective. This was the best hour of television. I watched it twice. I have never in my life, I was yelling at the TV like I was, you know, a man watching a, a little sports game or something. <laughs> I have never felt like I was in the room so much. Guys, it was the crazy, it was the craziest hour of television. I've 47 minutes of TV I've ever seen. How many like, how many seasons you, are we talking of this? Four. Only four. Okay, I can Only do. Four. Only four. You've got to watch it. It's amazing. Every season gets better and better somehow. Salt Lake City, those Mormons, there's something in the water there. We've got some drama water. I know what's going on over there, but they're absolutely loving it. Like, Kath and I want to go to Utah because we're like, should we just go on visit to see where everything went down? <laughs> like, like, well, should we go to, like, it's filmed in Bermuda, this particular episode. Like, should we just go there and sit there and go, you can feel it, you can feel it in the air, what happened here? It's like a historical site at this point, <laughs> genuinely. It's going to have, like, tour guides. That's my thoughts. If you guys want to Salt Lake City, 
episode, please let me know. I might do a bonus one, even if it's on my phone, I can send it to Lem because I have so yeah. many thoughts. Um, the top line summary is if you think what Monica, uh, this is so cryptic to anyone is isn't listening, it's like a hook. If you think what Monica did is reasonably normal, you need to have a long, hard look at yourself. Oh That's God, all I have to I'm say. So there are curious. people standing her still. If if you think, and if you are an internet troll who makes accounts and like does like like secret things and like trolls people, like I hope you look at that episode and know that all the women at that table are representing the rest of the world and how much of a loser you are. You're a <laughs> loser. You're a loser. Like she's a loser. <laughs> That's all I have to say. A loser. So. Anyway, I I loved her all season. But look, look, I'll save it. I'll save it. I'll save it. I'll save it. All I'm saying, all I'm saying is Monica's unwell to the point where I don't even want her back for drama. That's the level that I'm at wow, with her. Wow, that's a big one. That's well, a usually big... I'm like, I'm yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah. guys, come on. We wouldn't watch it if it was fun. No, no, no. I actually can't stand to see her face. She makes me physically sick. She makes me physically sick. I actually, I actually have never had a housewife that I'm so scared of, except for Leanne in Housewives of Dallas. All right, that's the end of the episode. Um, so I'll leave you two with that. I'll leave you two with that. But um, uh, all right, now we're going to hear your thoughts from last week's episode. Thanks, Lim. <laughs> oh, and if you want to send in your thoughts, yeah. send it into hello at itslotpodcast.com um, and let us know what you thought about this episode. I'm sure you'll have lots of opinions. Happy to hear them. Also happy to hear your opinions on G Rose, my you know, my my face, my nose. G Rose and my nose. That's a good episode. <laughs> Good morning, Lib, Abby, and Oscar. I just wanted to uh, give some feedback on the vaping podcast, and I thought it was really interesting, um, especially interesting timing given that I have just hit maybe four months of no vaping, um, which has been arguably the hardest thing I've ever had to do. So very appropriate timing to listen to this podcast based on, you know, addiction. Hi, Abby, Lim, and Oscar. I'm a Melbourne teacher, um, and I loved your most recent episode on vaping. Uh, It's definitely a resource that I'm going to send my students to. Um, I teach year 11 and 12 predominantly. Um, I've caught students vaping in my class, and I think it was a really frank chat about vaping that I think they could all use. I've already sent it to some of my students already. Um, So thank you so much for a great resource and a really, like, judgment-free, but also, like, the right amount of shame for vaping. Thank you. That's what we do at this this show. We give the right amount of shame. Um, (laughs) That's amazing. I... Obviously, we're not going to talk for too long on this tangent, girl, but I actually can't believe, this is going to sound so boomer, but I can't believe kids are vaping in class. Imagine someone having a fucking ciggy in class. Yeah, can you fucking imagine? Can you fucking imagine? We used to not be able to go to the bathroom if someone else is in the bathroom, let alone vaping in fucking class. Our phones are in our fucking lot. If our phones were touched, murder. Murder. <laughs> what the fuck? Listener Production.